0: have now entered a very rare group of people in this country. You're in the the ranks of Charlie Manson, Ted Bundy. You claim you didn't commit these murders, but you're right in there now as far as everybody else is concerned.
1: Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. They are a product of the times, and these are bloodthirsty times. Even psychopaths have emotions if you dig deep enough. But then again, maybe they don't. Do you have emotions, Richard? No comment.
0: Welcome back to Rufus Villain's True Crime Corner, Richard Ramirez, Episode Two. What's up, Josh? Yo, what's up? We're back. Yeah, we had a really good response for the first episode. I was really happy about that. So uh we're covering the Night Stalker. This is like the end of his reign, the um his conviction, his death. Yep. That's where we're going from there. Like he was uh like you guys followed the first episode, which we're I'm really happy about. Like um anybody out there that has any questions, Google it, send me a message, and I'll like uh give you any kind of knowledge I know. Right, right. So uh what we're gonna start off with was the super cop. This is where we're starting off. The super cop. Frank Salerno. Does that you you've heard it said it differently, right? Salerno, yep. Salerno. So like that that's one of the corrections that I had to go with on on our last episode. I said it differently, but it's Salerno. So he, like the big thing is he was the cop, he was the cop that caught uh Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer. Indeed. So he's uh already been in this scenario more than once. Like he's gone gone against supervillains. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, so he's the very first guy that starts putting together like footprints, fingerprints, evidence that has anything to do with the two, any of the cases that have anything to do with each other because nobody else was really working together as far as the local precincts exactly like he's the very first one that's like man we got to like share information we got to share information you can't be like oh uh, we gain notoriety from cracking the case you got to share information because it's for the greater good right so like I kind of got into this a little bit before we ended the last episode like he starts putting together footprints fingerprints which is a hard thing at that time because fingerprints weren't there's no computer thing It's somebody had to somebody had to sit there with a fucking, uh, microscope and look at like the difference between distance between finger ridges oh interesting yeah you know like so you literally because it, it was at that point fingerprints were actually up to interpretation mm-hmm. you know, like you could like compare fingerprints and like the distance between a ridge is this long and then like this little tiny shape no, that's not the same. That's not the same. That's not the same. You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, like it's literally like artists looking at somebody else's painting, and like no, it's not the same. But the thing is, is yeah, you get where I'm getting at. I do. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I I brought this up a little bit on the last one. So uh, Salerno starts going to different like a uh, occult clubs, like we talked about, and he actually matches a footprint of the Averia avia 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 footprints and matches the size and uh shoe print right so like he's on he's on to something at this point he's on to something at this point and nobody wants to believe that he's on to something at that point because this is kind of something out of it's out of the scale of anything that's happened right at this point in american society mm-hmm. he, you know what i'm talking about yep yep you know like prior to him was like charlie man what charlie manson stuff like that you yeah know? So at this point uh we have Max and Lydia needing they are this uh, this is where he's actually starting to change MOs cuz he's always changing MOs. It's like he never uh, we brought it up in the last episode he never brings his own implement. Right. It's it's like it's always like little different. Like it just uh depends on like what's in the area like whether it's a rock or a whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So he Assaults and shoots the husband and then assaults the wife. I'm going to leave it there. So at this point, he's like ramping up. Like I've, I've said this like more than once. He's like ramping up. Like I've never seen, like in my in my research, I've never seen a serial killer ramp up so frequently. Yeah. It's just so. Just. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you guys can't see my hand, but I'm doing like a. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so this entire time. In between killings, he's still robbing houses. He's still assaulting people on the street. Like, I found one uh, instance where he fucking actually on the street pulled a gun and robbed a guy for his wallet, which is, that's just gonna, you know, in today's society, that's just gonna put you more on the radar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, if you, like, uh, if you're a serial killer and your face is, well, his his face isn't known yet. But, like, uh, if your crimes are, like, crazy like that. What would you be thinking about, like putting a gun in somebody's face and fucking trying to take their wallet? Yeah, it's it's it seems like an unnecessary risk. Yeah, well that's how he made his living though. Yeah, he never had a job. Mm-hmm. Well, other than the Holiday Inn, right? He never did anything like that. So I'm gonna get into the very first people to ever fight back. The very, you know what I'm, you know what I'm getting into? I think so. So was, uh, the only people to ever fight back was Chris and Virginia Peterson. They were 36 and 27. So she, so uh, he breaks into the house. He shoots, he shoots them, and he's because the thing is, is he's using such a small caliber weapon. It doesn't. That's the big thing about him is like his calibers. he's only only ever used twenty two to twenty five. Right. Like me right now could take three shots to the face from a twenty two and it wouldn't kill me.
1: Maybe not the face, but uh, yeah. yeah.
0: But well, he shot a lot of people in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. They ended up fighting back. Like the the husband actually dropped down and was like out of commission for a while. He started to go after the woman, and then the husband like stood up and fought him off, and he took off. Nice, you know, like he fucking took off. He's like, oh shit, like this guy didn't go down. I, I gotta, I gotta bounce out of here. So uh, next we get on to Oliver's Aberweth. It's spelled A B A. A-B-A-W-A-T-H, Eboweth. Eboweth, does that make sense? Okay. So this is where he really starts getting into, like, uh, swear to Satan. This is, like, where it really gets into um, when he's, like, in the act. He's, like, swear to Satan, swear to Satan. And this is, I said it a little bit before, but this is the exact. This is the exact assault to where the media gives him the name of the Night Stalker. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is the exact actual assault where he's he's named the Night Stalker, and you know he he actually one of the things I saw is he's actually one of the first serial killers in America that was to given a name to be given a name. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Like he was like one of the first to be like given like a moniker. Okay, so Salero, Salerno, I'm saying it wrong again. This this guy. You know, the super cop. Yep. I'm just going to keep calling him super cop because I keep saying his name wrong. Sounds good. Yeah, so he calls a press conference and the, the, this is the time that he's actually telling the press is like, we have a serial killer. And like, people are like, no, no, there's no way this can be one guy. There's no way this can, this can be one guy. And uh, he puts together evidence and shows the media that there's 12 people that all link together. You know, like with uh, the... The footprints, the fingerprints, the uh, you know the the time of day, the the uh, mo. Well, like I said, the mo changes all the time, but this is the very first time everything like links together. Yeah, you know, so like he's like, we have a serial killer. Like we got to take this seriously. Yeah, and like I said, nobody nobody believed him, but he kept staying. He kept on all the evidence. He kept on like compiling the evidence, compiling the fingerprints, like which I said is like an art form at that point. Like, uh, okay, imagine you went like this on the table and maybe smudged a little bit, maybe moved your finger a little bit. Like even today, it's not a completely 100% science. Mm -hmm. Because like if you touch something and then your finger moves like by a millimeter, this is one of the things I looked into, like your fingerprint, every fingerprint is a fingerprint. Like I said, it's original to every, every human being. But like one tiny little ridge, can be skewed by just a single movement of touching that surface. No fingerprint is perfect. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I looked into it like, cause there's like, there's millions and millions and millions of people on the planet. Fingerprints just like eye color is going to kind of start blending together. Like none of it's ever going to be, it's not taking DNA at this point. Right. You know, like it's the closest we have to taking DNA at that point, put it. So at this point, like uh, Ramirez is okay. Shit's getting fucking kind of heavy. So like, cause like he's all over the news and stuff like that. Yep. And uh, he uh, leaves town to go visit his brother in San Francisco, or actually, I'm jumping ahead. He mo- he leaves to San Francisco. Later, leaves to go hang out with his brother in Arizona. Yep. That's that's what it is. I'm sorry. But uh, he, during his time in um, San Francisco, he actually kills a guy named Peter Pan. Oh wow! <laughs> he was an Asian man named Peter Pan. And he was sixty-six. Yeah. Here's the big thing: is like, if your last name is Pan, would you name your kid Peter? It's kind of. <laughs> but like, uh, the big thing I went into with that was like, um, where he goes, he can't fight the compulsion. He just can't fight the compulsion to 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 do a murder, to rob, to kill, to exact his like. Uh, um, what do you call it, like a superiority over somebody. Yeah. And that he just can't help it. So, in that murder, he actually draws a pentagram on the wall and then writes Jack the Knife on the wall. Okay. Which is a Judas Priest line, mm-hmm. because he's still all into that music. And so, you know, like Jack the Knife, I, I personally am not familiar with Jack the Knife or anything like that. But, you know, like he couldn't help himself but like to leave this leave town for a while because shit was hot and then find somebody else to kill right yeah like he's he's just one of those people that like I wish I could understand the mentality of somebody that has to like like because I've been doing a lot of reading like psychology like there's a lot of um like sociopathy that has to do with like uh like one of the things I actually wanted to bring up like uh, okay, as a kid, you know, like we've talked about the McDonald Triad before, right? Yeah, I have actually myself as a kid had three several heavy head traumas, and I've never killed anybody. Yeah, <laughs> like I've never killed. I've, I've thought about it, but I've never done it that we know of. Um, Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, continuing on this after the jack the knife, and uh, so he he uh, he re- actually returns to L.A. Returning to L.A. Was uh, like a weird thing. For, you know, he didn't want to do it because like he felt like the he felt like the pressure. He was like, but then again, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no no nothing. There was no like social media. Right. He didn't know while he was gone because this this is he ends you know between I'm kind of jumping the gun. Like he uh, went to San Francisco, San Francisco, and then went to visit his brother in Arizona. Okay. So he was gone. Right. Like he wasn't in LA at all. Yeah. So he didn't know that his face was everywhere. Yeah. Because of the last murder we just talked about, like his face was fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, so he ends up going to a convenience store, which actually the one of the things I saw was a convenient the convenience store that he went to when he returned to LA. Yeah. Actually, had a laundromat in it. Uh-huh. That's that's trivial. It just had a laundromat in it. And uh, he picked up a newspaper that had his face on the front of it. Yeah. It had his face on the front of it. And he was like, oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. And, you know, so he ends up like taking off down the street.
1: Yeah. Well, so I read that when he got back in town, um, like you said, uh, the, the cops had kind of posted his, his face everywhere.
0: Yeah. And so well, it was composite were, drawings yeah. and like pictures from his driver's license that were and everywhere. And so
1: they were expecting him to leave town. And so they actually had cops posted at the bus station mm, expecting yeah. him to leave. and he actually returned into the same bus station while they were there looking for him to leave and got past them because they weren't expecting him to be returning.
0: Oh, that shows the arrogance. that shows the arrogance like because like when like he, I, 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 forget, I think it was Pace in Arizona. yeah, that he uh, went to visit his brother and like spent time with, and that's where where kind of like the stuff kind of like gets like lost in the loop, like the, uh, during his visit visit to San Francisco, making the kill of Peter Pan, and then coming back and deciding to leave to go visit his brother, mm-hmm. because he wasn't in L.A. at the time. Like the the murders, one of the things I read, it was like the murders kind of like they stopped because he wasn't around, right? And like and people were like still locking their doors, buying guard dogs, buying guns, and, and like. So, like, the, the community was, like, on on alert. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened in a while. It was just, like, with, like, a BTK or a Son of Sam. Like, it didn't happen for a while, so everybody was, like, on alert. Yeah. So when he came back, he didn't realize. Because, like I said, there's no Facebook, there's no Twitter, there's no Instagram. He didn't realize that he was on blast. Yeah. He didn't realize he was on blast. So he showed back up. Walked into this convenience store. There was a slash, laundromat to buy coffee. To buy coffee. <laughs> well, probably, probably coffee and candy. Knowing yeah. this guy, knowing this guy, and he saw his face on a newspaper, mm-hmm. and like, like uh, the panic in his face, the panic in his body, I can only begin to imagine. Like, cause I, like, I remember being a little kid and doing something stupid, and then realizing that I was in trouble you you, you know, like like imagine like the feeling of like your blood rising oh yeah <laughs> <You're> like fuck <laughs> like what do i do what do i do from here so like i said he saw like the water posters and what, what would you do at that point like say if you were like a uh, in his position and you saw like wanted posters of yourself like what would i you have do? no idea yeah <laughs> So, at the behest of, like, getting ahead of myself, uh, before he walked into the the store, he actually committed one more murder. Okay. Before, like, walking into that store, it was like literally, like, when he got into town, it was uh, the husband's name was Bill Carnes, and all the stuff that I read, there was three different names for the woman. There was uh, Carol Smith, Anise Eckersons, and Renata Gunter. It's like, I don't know why the the there would be a discrepancy on the name of the wife. Right. But uh, that's uh, what happened before he decided to go into a store in broad daylight. Okay. So um, he, oh. br- he br- sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say, also one more thing I have. Uh, when he was in San Francisco, um, not to backtrack too much, but just a quick note. Uh, so when he was in San Francisco and, and murdered Peter Pan, um, the mayor actually released uh some really sensitive like investigation info that the LAPD was trying to keep quiet specifically ah. like his avia shoes and um so then he uh sees the press release and then he tosses his shoes and his gun over the Golden Gate Bridge uh, uh, yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah cuz he thought that that would like get rid of yeah, him yeah it would like exonerate him somehow yeah so, uh, in, in this particular thing with Bill Carnes, the, uh, the wife, whatever name it is, he, um uh, he says to the wife, I'm just, I wrote down the woman, he, he uh, cause he kills, he kills, uh, Carnes, assaults whichever woman of the three names that we have. He actually says to her, you know who I am, don't you? I'm the one that they're writing about in the news, in the newspapers and the TV. Mm. So like, he's at that point, he's like, uh. It's like embracing. you like I'm. You know, I'm. I'm the night stalker. <laughs> so uh, at that point, he, um, you know, with the dead husband next to her, which is rough. He actually beats her and makes her say, "I love Satan." He actually beats her and makes. Uh, uh, m- he makes her say it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a psychological like attack, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, like she, uh, her husband's dead next to her. Actually, no, he survived, the husband survived. I was looking at this. The The husband actually lived, uh, actually three days after the fact. But then uh, he, uh, he ransacks the house, finds $400, looks at her and says, this is all your life is worth, $400, I'm the Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's fucked, man, that's fucked. Yep, yep. But uh, so, in this case, it was a uh, 13-year-old Jamie Romero the, what you said, she was changing a bike tire, right? Yep. This is the person that we personally, or that we re- previously uh, referred to, saw him leaving the crime scene, and he was uh, driving an orange station wagon, and wrote down the uh, license plate number. Yeah. And that that definitely led to uh, people like putting together that he was stealing uh, stealing cars, and that's all he ever drove was stolen cars. And uh, again, you know, this is pre- you know this is prior to him coming back from Arizona and all that stuff. So, uh, what's Super cop's name? Salerno. Salerno. Starts to put together more fingerprints. Starts to put, find more fingerprints, more footprints. And this is at, like, the uh, the dawn of forensics, forensic intelligence, stuff like that. Because mm. computers still, at this point, don't have, like, a database.
1: Yeah, specifically they used the uh, fingerprint that was on the mirror of that stolen car right. a while back.
0: Yeah, the one where he drew the pentagram on it. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, maybe it's the same one. Yeah, I'm uh, not did, sure. did the pentagram and took off. So uh, they find a new car with a fingerprint that uh, I couldn't find the uh, the make and model, but it was another car with a, a matching fingerprint. Yeah,
1: I think that was the one that maybe he stole and got charged for the theft with. I think
0: sure. so. You might mm-hmm. be right. There's so much, so much with this guy, man. There's mm-hmm. so much, but. uh there was a woman named Donna Meyer, M A I R E. She owned a hotel that Ramirez used to stay at, and uh, she started like kind of like putting two and two together, and, like, man, like this guy comes and stays here when this crazy shit's happening. This crazy shit's, you know, like she herself like started putting it together. Like any time the 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 night stalkers, like uh, you know, like he's here. And uh, she actually recounted to uh, to uh, Salerno, I can't say his name for some reason. You got it. But uh, she actually recounted to him before, or actually after the trial, she was talking about a conversation that her and Richard had because he would stay there so much. He said, "Wouldn't it be, wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't you be surprised to find out that I'm a stalker?" <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, like that. That's a little creepy in and of itself. Right. So right here. The, investi- the investigation fucking just like hits a fever pitch. Just hits a fever pitch. Like they're like matching footprints, they're matching fingerprints, they're matching M.O.s, changing M.O.s. The Little Lerno is like super copying it all the way. Like he might as well be fucking Batman at this point. Mm. So uh, Meyer finally identifies as like, yeah, that's him. That's him. So like she's like, this is his face. This is all the timelines line up it's like this this is the guy and again like what we mentioned a little bit before like he has no idea he has no idea because he's out of town yeah he, you know, he's in arizona he's got no idea so he ends up returning and walking into a convenience store like we talked to before mm-hmm. so people like start staring at him people like he's like walking through la and people are like staring at him like that's is, is that him is that him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like he's like starts, uh, and you, you could tell when eyes are on you, man. You can tell when eyes are on you. So he's obviously like acting weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like we said a little bit before, he like picks up a newspaper, and his face is right there. Yeah. he like, he, he, he he fucking takes off. He fucking starts running yeah
1: so he he tried to steal a car and kind of got foiled there
0: yeah because the 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 uh the crowd was yep coming out it was mob mentality yep Mm -hmm. and
1: so he tried to get on a bus and then everybody recognized him on the bus uh so he had to get off the bus and then he was literally just running down right
0: one of the things i wrote down was like the police lines were blowing up because they were like oh there's there's this guy running through my backyard there's this guy jumping over my back fence there's you know like there's you know, like, wh- what's going on here? Like they're like, police lines are just blowing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so, that that's the most interesting thing is like L.A., L- the L.A. citizens are what brought Richard Ramirez down. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like that's, you know, because the cops weren't on, they didn't want to share information, they didn't want to be like, there was, I, I saw a thing that there was al- almost like 400 phone calls of, <laughs> Like uh, I, I see the night stalker. I see the night stalker. Yeah. So a mob chases him down. It was I. I wrote down the the um, the street name. But so like the mob chases him down. They actually knock him down, and uh, they act one there's actually one citizen that beats him with a flagpole. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. So it, the straight up mob mentality. They end up holding him down. I'm holding him down until the cops show up. Yep. And then uh, on his arrest, this is a quote from Richard Ramirez: "I want the electric chair. You should have shot me on the street. I did it. You know, you guys got me. I'm the Night Stalker. Like that's like a legit quote from him. Mm. And, you know, like so he was, he was caught. You know, what I mean, like n- that was just over a year and a half of activity." You know, you look at Dahmer, it was, like, 11 years. You look at Gein, it was six years. You know, like, it's pretty... The thing about uh, Richard Ramirez is his his escalation was so fast. Yeah. so fast. So, um, he actually had a four-year trial. His trial went over four years.
1: Yeah, well, so he... It was actually just delayed until January of 89, right? Right, yeah, that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, because he, like, fired his lawyers and everything...
0: More than once. Right, yeah, that's More what I once. mean, yeah, yeah. That's why I said lawyers. <laughs> yeah, he actually had six attorneys. Oh, yeah. He actually had six attorneys, fired them over him feeling like they weren't representing him properly. Yeah, so he was charged with uh,
1: about 14 murders and then 30 other felony counts, right? mm mm-hmm. yeah, I've got that
0: here in a little bit. Oh, okay, sorry. No, it's all good. So he yeah, has a four-year trial. They actually spent over $2 million in his trial to like it was two million dollars over like public defenders and court court fees and all that stuff like that's actually unprecedented for to spend that much in a single court trial at that time yeah like that's two million dollars man they like he should have just been straight sent to the electric chair yeah, well, I mean, especially with inflation, what have you, like, that's a lot of money. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Like, inflation, it'd probably be, I don't know what the calculator would be, but it'd be a lot more at now. At least five times, uh, I yeah. think. So, like, like you said, uh, you know, you had, uh fired a bunch of attorneys, and he did a—he uh, did uh, 15 interviews. 15 interviews. Wow. You know, and because that was at the time, it was like right after Dahmer, and, you know, like, it was... Like serial killers, like we've talked about before, like the popularity—not quote unquote popularity—their notoriety has gone down a lot. And he was one of the golden age of serial killers. Like that's why he got so much press. Yeah, that's where we got the Black Brides. Right. Like so, uh, like Ted uh, Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy and uh, uh, Ramirez, like were the golden age of Black Brides. It was like women that, women that were. they felt like they wanted to be with him, because like one of the things I saw is it's actually a, it's a psychological like um, predece- predecessor I think is what it's called, like where a woman wants to be with a dangerous person because they can protect him against other dangerous people, and, you know like uh, Ramirez actually even got married in jail, which I'll get into. Yeah, yeah. But like uh, there's there was women literally fighting each other over trying to get seats in the public trial, Mm -hmm. like literally fighting each other over like trying to get a seat in the public trial just to go in and sit there and be in the same room with him, which is pretty ridiculous. I agree. So there was actually over 3000 potential jurors that were, they were interviewed and dismissed because of like, uh, their Their opinion or whatever, like mm-hmm. three thousand man. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Too. So one uh one jury member actually didn't show up. I didn't write her name down because I didn't. Her name was Julie something, but I didn't want to blast her name out. She actually didn't show up one day, and they went to her house and they found her dead at her, dead shot in the head at her home, and it was her uh, her husband that shot her. Uh-huh. yeah. There was over a hundred witnesses that were interviewed. Over a hundred witnesses. Yeah. You know, like, whether, like, they saw him walking down the street or whether, like, they they, uh, came across him in a bar or whatever. Right. You know, like, just a hundred. That's, oh, dude, It's crazy. So uh, I'm going to get into, like, the very last little bits here. So you got married in jail to Doria. Doria. L-I-O-Y. Loy? Loy? Okay. So they were married from uh, 1996 to 2013 to the day of his death. Right. So he died at the age of 54 in jail of leukemia at Marin. It's M-A-R-I-N. Marin? Yep. Marin General Hospital. And uh, basically one of the things that I read was like the, the... The doctor that was in charge of his case. It was like, eh. So, the other thing that like pops into mind is like the Hippocratic Oath at that point. Yeah. Like, put yourself in that position. You're the doctor of Richard Ramirez. What would you, would you care? Would you care?
1: <laughs> like, would you be like? Well, I mean, and also...
0: In it's his, a life, but... Yeah,
1: it is, but in in his defense, a lot of times, uh, I would imagine that, particularly uh, in the prison system, like, those sort of um, terminal diseases might get a little too far along before they actually try to treat them. Like, if you look at, like, Capone, I remember... Right. Like, all his stuff was just way too far. Right. Uh, like, syphilis and
0: everything, like, he was just way, right, way too far gone, so... Well, he was uh, he was actually sentenced to uh, 19 death, death sentences uh, the, at uh, the electric chair in California. The thing is, um, the death sentence is like, it's not right away. Like, you got to sit on death row for a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Ex- so, excessively long. Yeah. Well, it's, I kind of feel like that's like a part of the punishment, maybe. Yeah, like, I get that. Like sitting there and like, okay, I'm going to die or whatever. But uh, coming towards the end of this, he was uh, his conviction was of uh, thirteen murders, five attempt five attempted murders, eleven sexual assaults, and fourteen burglaries. He was sent to die in California in the gas chamber. I said I said a lecture chair earlier. I was wrong reading my notes. He was sent to die in the gas chair, in the gas chamber. But uh, his response to that was a big deal. Yeah. He yeah. got he got a uh, nineteen life sentences right nineteen life sentences yeah and he died at the age of fifty four which is you know just waiting on death row yeah died of lymphoma you know like I'm not sure what kind of cancer lymphoma is I think it's lung cancer I don't know I think it's lymph nodes lymph nodes okay yeah, yeah. yeah. well I I say it's fucking karma yeah yeah dude <laughs> like sit in jail for that amount amount of time and then don't even get to hit the gas chamber just God takes you out yeah. But yeah, that was uh that was Richard Ramirez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have th- that, like uh do we wanna kinda give kinda give them a heads up for like what the next true crime corner is gonna be? Hell yeah, we're gonna be doing John Dillinger. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Like Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, like uh Parts Unknown Tucson has a little bit of a story in that, has a little bit of parts play in it. Yeah. And then uh, the next one that myself is, I'm going to do is uh, the California shootout with the, the Kevlar and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, that, that should be interesting too. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to start looking into that. Because that actually uh, led into where uh, the LAP, LA, yeah, LAPD got to start carrying larger caliber weapons and stuff like that. Okay. So that that should be pretty interesting. So but guys, thank you for uh, bearing with us on this second Gold Star episode.
1: Yep, yep, for sure.
0: Yeah, and... Um, we love it. all of your comments all of your criticism all of all of your corrections like if we got something wrong let us know definitely please oh, yeah so it's uh Seville and true crime corner
1: thank you brother thanks see you next time all right